Croeso to the Red World Pod, the new official podcast from the Football Association of Wales. The channel will be home to some of the fascinating stories around Welsh football, covering international, domestic and grassroots level in both the men's and women's game. Our first episode is a fascinating insight from former Cymru manager Chris Coleman on the UEFA Euro 2016 qualification campaign. We hope you enjoy the episode and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for future episodes. Unhewch a diolch Everybody says what good players we've got and we have more and more are playing at the top level which is what we want, what we've always wanted. We're doing well in the rankings. I know we've, the format's different. It's the, you know, it's a, it's a great chance for us. It's almost got to be an obsession rather than us being committed. It's got to be an obsession that we know. People look at Belgium and Bosnia and, and they'll say, right, the next four teams, they'll be fighting for that third place. But we've got to look and say, you know, we can affect that top two. I believe we can at our strongest. So I think we've got a great, great chance. Well, Chris, just uh, good to see you. Um, obviously, we'll discuss that European qualifying campaign in a moment. Just like everybody else, uh, how, how are you coping in uh, in this lockdown? Oh, we're we're really lucky because we we live out in the middle of nowhere, to be honest with you. So we don't. Um, and we've the, the kids. The, the big thing for us is the kids being off school and it's the homeschooling, which is not easy. But we haven't really been bothered with it. You know, we're we're really lucky. I know a lot of people. It's been an absolute nightmare, and uh, I feel sorry for a lot of people who are stuck. Um, uh, we're, we're lucky because we're in the middle of nowhere, so we can walk around the garden, or there's a there's some grounds and there's a we're out in the country we can so we can get out every day for a little walk and not bump into anybody luckily enough for us but we can't complain it's been all right for us it's been it's been okay to be honest with you but I know a lot of people my family in Swansea obviously they've been you know it's been a real just like I asked for most people uh and who would have thought we'd ever be in this position nobody thought we'd be in this situation no and the children coping all right homeschooling children are fine it's just we got a five-year-old there and a and a three-year-old, so the homeschool and obviously my wife Charlotte she does Finley the five-year-old because my three-year-old and myself you know we think along the same lines so I've been uh, <laughs> I've been done with three-year-old and uh, yeah I, I think she's gone back a bit in the last couple of weeks to be honest <laughs> academically <laughs> she knows the offside trap anyway. <laughs> And you discuss whether three or five at the back and this, that, and the other. In always, terms of it's always three. I used to argue it's three at the back. It's not five, and it's and it's <laughs> it's eleven at the back when we're all defending. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just talk about the um, that campaign. I mean, gosh, four years ago now when when we actually played in the finals, but going back six years, isn't it, to the qualifying? Um, and uh, I mean, right back at the beginning, the first game was was Andorra. Um, I don't think it would be an understatement to say that you went into that game under a bit of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I remember people thinking, I, I remember getting there the day before you was with me, I was all there, you? and we had a walk on the pitch and my heart sunk because I thought, oh no. Um, you know, it was a, the pitch was a great level. Um, everybody expected us to win 5-0 because we had Gareth Bale and as you know, it doesn't work out like that. But nevertheless, I was under pressure from the previous campaign. Um, um, well, we know how we won the game. 
so near yet so far. Wales's quest for a place in France 2016 starts here in Andorra, less than half an hour away from the French border. Lima steps up, shoots, Andorra scored against Wales after just six minutes. Bill with a header, 1-1, Gareth Bale comes to the rescue. Bale now, second chance, hits it, 2-1. What a relief! Gareth Bale again! We never looked back after that, but there was a lot of pressure going into the game. I was at that stage where I didn't really care. Everything, I'd taken all the criticism and um, I did what everybody had to say about me in particular. And I didn't really care about what anybody had to say or whatever they thought of me. I wasn't bothered at that stage. I just thought... We just needed to put a couple of decent results together and a couple of good performances just to get it going. And I was confident we could do that. But after 10 minutes in that game, when we were 1-0 down, I thought, I, I, thought we gonna, I was going to be playing a lot more golf uh, <laughs> in the coming months because <laughs> I have a bit of time on my hands. Yeah, yeah it was a um, penalty early on, wasn't it? One all at half-time and then... Um... I mean, what, what what was your team talk at half time? I mean, what was going through your mind? Yeah, no, you know, the get I gambled uh, building up to that game is when I told the players we were going to change formation, um, and at that time nobody was playing three at the back. It was a it was a formation of of the nineties, the last time anybody really played it, um, and derived from uh, from Holland really in the seventies. And Johan Cruyff took it to Barcelona um, with his three famous three, famous three at the back, diamond midfield and three three strikers for one striker and two out-and-out out wide attackers. So that's where it came from. And then if one of, I'd watched Basel do it against Liverpool, play 3-4-3, three, three, like a box midfield. And I thought, we've got the perfect players to play that. Because in transition as well, you can be ultra-defensive. And that's... We needed to be hard to beat. We needed to grind out a few results, hook or by crook, just to make sure that after five games of the campaign, we're still in there, and it's not we're not we're not it's not over for us already. Um, and that was the goal, you know. Um, so telling the players, explaining to the players, look, we're going to go with three at the back. There was, there was a few gasps. We had to do a lot of uh, a lot of tactical work on it, and I had to convince them a lot. Um, that it was the right way to go for us. And uh, going into, you know, against a team like Andorra, I know a lot of people were saying, what the hell is he doing playing five at the back against a team like Andorra? It didn't matter whether we won 5-0 or 1-0. We just needed to win. And I thought we would win it. Um, not in a fashion in which we did. Uh, but I thought we'd get the three points. And I didn't really care about the abuse or the stick that came after because I'd been, do, been getting that for the last the two years previously so there's nothing new there for us as you know it was just about getting the players through it giving them a run in that formation because the next game was home to Bosnia which was one of the most tough hardest games of the campaign you know, the Bosnians are tough boys it was going to be hard drafting but we got we got in, we went into that game and we went into an atmosphere at Cardiff which is a different atmosphere um, you could re it really was fantastic night the fans were brilliant and our boys really, we, we fought, our, fought for our lives in the game. It's Wales who kick off. Can they build on the hope and expectation? And really, 
take a grip on this group in a pivotal encounter. Bale is going by himself. He's up to the penalty area. Oh. Shoots across and Benovic pushes it away. I think it may just have been sneaking inside the far post. You can just feel it on the players then. You know, it feels like they felt a little bit of a bit of strength and confidence within the formation. But then I flipped it on its head again because we were playing Cyprus at home. And I thought this was an all-out three points. Um, so we went back to 4-3-3, 4-1-4-1, call it what you want. And be fair to the players, we only had two or three days to work tactically. Because I've been drilling them on three, three at the back, three at the back, box midfield. We actually went 3-5, 1-1 against Bosnia. So then we had to play Cyprus three days later and I completely changed the formation again because I thought we're going to have to be more expansive here because we need the three points, got to get the three points. Um, and we beat Cyprus 2-1. I remember being 2-0 up in the first half and we were caning Cyprus. We were, they, they couldn't get near us. Could have been four or five. Then they nick a goal. Cotton now crosses right footing from the left. Oh, it's gone back, everybody! And he scored! Robson Carlos in here. Can he make it two? He can! Laban floats it in. Hennessy didn't get there. It's gone in. Laban has scored. Cyprus are back in this. Anyway, we're still bossing the game half time. Remember saying, you know, we're all right, we're fine, we'll score again. Keep going forward. And then we get Kingy sent off straight after half time. You know, and he, Kingy's not a dirty player, he's a, he's a terrific lad, honest pro. He gets unlucky in attack, he gets sent off. So we've got like some like 40 minutes with 10 men against Cyprus. We managed, we managed to win it 2 1. But you could feel then the confidence on the lads. They were ready for anything. It's contrast really to three games earlier where. It'd been a completely different atmosphere. Gareth with the free kick, the try second free kick in Andorra got the three points. He did feel, you know, in the past Wales have played well in opening matches and not got anything out of it here, hadn't played brilliantly, but had three points. And the next two games, as as you mentioned there, Cyprus, the second one, Bosnia at home. And it was the first time where you had that feeling, as you say, that the fans actually believed and prior to that you've been doing a lot of work going on Wales, talking to supporters as well. And yeah, talking about your philosophy, and it seemed to be it was in that game against Bosnia where it all sort of came together on and off the field. A good performance on the field, but off the field as well as a, as if for the first time maybe there was this belief amongst the supporters, which was massive for those two games, wasn't it? Media-wise, we've been crucified, me in the main, um, but even some of the players were getting criticised, and so we got to that stage where we actually didn't care about what was being said about us, what was being written about us. Um, we'd actually gone past those people. They didn't matter to us. And as you say, us travelling around Wales and what the media were writing and what we were experiencing when we went around Wales was two different things. You know, because when we're travelling around Wales and we're going to, to Prestatin and to, to Bangor and we're going to Aberystwyth and Carmarthen and, and all the true Welsh fans are out and they were out in strength and they were super positive. The reception they gave us was, I've got to say, it was, uh, I was surprised and I was humbled. And it was just absolutely, this is before it all started to kick off, you know, when all the positive results came. Yeah, Some yeah. of the people we met on the road were just absolutely amazing. And, you know, that gave me a lot of strength and determination to all the doubters, just to, to shut them up, which we did. And I just wanted to do it for those people who came out for us, turned up for us, and the fans that turned up for us. And that was, you know, that, that, that was a great, great feeling. And uh, like you say, IG, you was, you was there every step of the way with me and you saw it from top to bottom.
the change in an atmosphere is I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. Didn't happen overnight. It took us a while, but you'll never ever, or I, I, or I won't, well, I'll never better that. I know I'll never better the people I work with. I'll never better the team I had, and I'll never better the atmosphere that we had. I'll certainly never get anywhere near the feeling of, of the honour of being in, in, in the front of something as powerful as that, because it's your country. Country and clubs do different things. You know, you work for clubs as a manager, as a player. You want to do well. You want to be passionate, and you do, and and, and honest, and, and loyal. And of course, you because that's the club you're working for. Your country is a different thing. That's your country. You know, and whenever you go in to another country and you backs against the wall, it's you and everybody around you against everybody else. And that feeling is when it's going well and you win in, and and you can feel the whole country's proud of you, and have got confidence in you, then you can't. Uh, as priceless, priceless feeling. You met on, on, on the back of that in in the November. We went to to Brussels to play an outstanding Belgian team, not knowing what was going to happen between us and Belgium in the next couple of years. But we went there and obviously took thousands of fans as well. And uh, that seemed to be, you know, that belief. I remember after the game when we went back to the hotel and you know a nil nil draw. Uh, the draw that night against the quality side that seemed to even increase the belief it was a terrific performance wasn't it and really setting down a marker that you know this wasn't a fluke um, remember you took us the day after the game yeah we went, yeah. yeah went to Flanders and yeah uh, to visit the grave sites of all, all our boys who fell in the war and um, you know I remember walking around that day with all the players it was very sombre mood because you know you can feel it when you're in when when you're in that place you feel the atmosphere and um, you know we were talking about the young men and women who had fallen these 16 and 17 18 year old for the country and that I remember that more than I remember the game if I'm honest with you was that that really at home to us I think um, the game itself was I think our fans have never you know those our fans who were there it was 60 or 70 thousand seat the stadium. With three or four thousand fans who sang first second of the game to the to the referee blew the whistle at ninety three or ninety four minutes sang all game and it was amazing amazing and when we got the point because if you remember I think Baylo kicked her off the line last minute yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was Baylo yeah and you're thinking all right because that's 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 well past that one goes in we lose one nil we played ever so well but we lose one nil. We didn't lose one nil. We drew nil nil, and you just think maybe, maybe this is it. Here comes George Williams. Leaves it to Bale. Chance for Bale to run down the way round up to the edge of the penalty area. Oh, he's left him for dead. He's into the box. Oh, he's shot past the far post. There's another person up there. He's got to be Pit Vertong at the back. Corner from the far side. The Belgian right. It's not cleared. Benteke header, and it's blocked on the line a second time. Great and all might scramble. We got back to our hotel, if you remember. And um, we were we all had a bite to eat at the hotel and a little glass of wine, nothing crazy, but the whole atmosphere was uh, just uh, just absolutely priceless, priceless. So that was I think November. There was nothing then until what the the, the surprise Israel. package, eh? Israel, Israel. yeah, the, they'd been a surprise package, hadn't they? And they were they going the really game, well, yeah. And they were they were talking off the pitch about what they were going to do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, that, was, that, was, that was some trip, that was some performance, wasn't it, that night? Uh, yeah, that was really when our boys offensively 
really it clicked for us three four three box midfield Baylor and Rambo just off how um, and Joe Ledley and Joe Allen holding midfield that night three centre backs with Big Ginge uh, the captain and Ben Davis Neil Taylor Chris Gunter and our boys they they just are obviously big waning goal um, and our boys on the night offensively I mean, and all of them in possession. We just, we give Israel a lesson on the night. They didn't know what hit him. Really played with a uh, ball bounces in the middle. Sorry, Ramsey header. It's a goal for Wales. Gareth Bale here looking to put Wales two up. Bale hits it. 2 0. Oh, Wales have won the ball back. Ramsey into the penalty area, left hand side. Couple of step overs. Bale 3 0. It's a brace for Gareth Bale. And that surely put this result beyond doubt. Wales will top Group B tonight. It's Israel nil, Wales three. We went in one nil half time, completely in control of the game. Uh, came out second half exactly the same. I think they had one or two shots on on target. If you remember the atmosphere there, it was a real electric atmosphere. It was yeah, a full yeah. and they, they, you know the. Israel expected on the night, you know, they, they thought they were going to win this game. And we just bossed it start to finish. We absolutely buried Israel. And watching our boys play in that type of football was really pleasing because I think they, they'd worked so hard to try and take the formation on board. Uh, and in other games where we'd been up against it, so it really was a defensive formation just to get us through it. Um, incidentally, when we went to Belgium, we, played, we, we changed it again. We played with four to back in Belgium. Uh, 4-1-4-1 uh, again for tactical reasons Belgium didn't expect us to do that and it worked superbly for us but in Israel we, we switched back I think people think that we you know they, they talk about the, the three at the back we switched a lot you know and we did it in games and that's that's credit to the players because when I was saying right now in the, after 30 minutes or after an hour we're going to switch to four at the back they took it all on board we were well drilled in training sessions tactically they were very intelligent, the players, uh, and they go and they go and perform it to the letter of the law. But they had the Israel performance, you know, that was one of those where we knew what was coming next, home to Belgium. We knew that was next, but we just, I think, going into the Israel game, we were full of confidence. Uh, I don't think anybody expected a three-nil with a performance that just completely bamboozled Israel. But I think we expected something from the game: three-nil and three points, and then. And the, and then the fashion which we got the three points was something different. It was, it was amazing. But uh, that set us up nicely for the, for the next one. You, you've mentioned, you know, what, what was happening on the pitch, off the pitch. I mean, I remember after the game against the day after, and to visit some disadvantaged kids in Haifa, um, the players. But the night of that game back at the hotel, um, you must remember it. Oh, I'm all Williams on the, on the guitar and the players yeah. around. And yes. that when we talked together, strong everything. Owen was at Tranmere at the bottom of the football league at the time. And yeah. Gareth, who was with him, was at Real Madrid, who were flying at the time. You know, Gareth was making a real impact. That showed the togetherness of the squad, didn't it? Off well, the yeah, it was you get lucky sometimes. You know, sometimes you get a group of people, and they're not <coughs> so good to work with. They're not so nice to work with. Um, and every now and again, you get a group of people where you just you rub your hands together and you say, you say yes, thank God, brilliant. This is going to be good. Um, 
And like you say, I remember that night, yeah, Baylor sitting next to Owen. Owen was playing the guitar and singing, and we were all there, you know, everybody singing along. You know, nothing. It was a quiet affair, really. Um, Di the Kip Man was playing the guitar. I think Di was playing the guitar with a pair of boxing gloves on, always sounded like anyway, but <laughs> it was um, <laughs> it was a great night. It was a great night, and um, it took me back a little bit. I remember as a player with Sparky, as manager, and sometimes me and Speeds would get the guitar out and play the guitar, and have a singing song, and just a bit of a giggle with all the lads, and it took me back to that, really, that did. And uh, it's like you say, it's just a super atmosphere with everybody. There's no divisions within the ranks. There was no, well, he plays for them, I'm in this league, that, you know, there's, there's, everybody was in this under the same umbrella, and um, it was a super feeling. The big game then was in June, um, mm-hmm. Belgium home. And I think, although nobody was talking about it, we were, you know, nobody was saying, oh, we're going to qualify, because we had the playoffs as well. People were starting to get a bit confident that maybe we'd at least make the playoffs. But, and Belgium came to Cardiff that yeah. night. I mean, that is one of the standout nights, has to be, doesn't it? You know, in, in not just in that campaign, but the history of, of, of Welsh football. It was quite oh. an amazing night on the pitch and off the pitch with the support from the fans that night. Well, that was the night where they started singing. We were under the caution, I think it was 70 or 75 minutes. They started singing the national anthem. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, saying now, I'm saying it now and I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. Standing at the side of the pitch, any manager will tell you it's, you know, your heart's jumping out of your chest. It is. You, 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 especially in a game like that, it's all on it. Uh, you're hanging on. The word desperation is it's not strong enough to describe what you're going through. Same for everybody, I suppose. And then when, I, when the fans start, and our national anthem, I'm going to say because I'm Welsh, but, you know, when it's sung like that, then it's quoi. And then it, it just give the boys, it give the boys that extra little bit of, little bit of belief and we were, we were going through a really dodgy period they were bombarding us and then we come out of it and uh, we started to get up the pitch a little bit hit them on the counter once or twice and it, it was enough to get us through and it's Belgium to kick off in Wales's 100th European Championship encounter a nation is full of hope a nation is full of expectation Wales can take a big step towards France next summer with a positive result tonight. Chester tries to keep it in there. Oh, Nunga, that's a terrible header. Straight to Bale! Yeah! 1-0 Wales! Garrett Bale strikes again! The final whistle goes! And a nation believes, finally believes, that Wales are going to the major tournament final. Once the whistle went, once we beat them, I never said to anybody I would, but I knew I knew we qualified. I just knew we qualified because if you look at the things that happened so far in that campaign, moments in games, they go for you or they don't. Um, situations can turn bad and ends up nothing comes of it. It all been going for us and you need things like that. But you find that happens where you've got a great group of people who are prepared to do anything for each other, who are obviously good players as well. And everybody just starts believing. And at that point, when we beat Belgium, it wouldn't have, we could have played, even if they were in our group, Italy, Holland, Germany, we would have beat them all. Because that's the mood we were in. And everybody had made their mind up, this is going to happen now. This is going to happen. It doesn't matter who's next. It can be anybody. We don't care. Home or away, 
whoever's ready, whoever's fit, we're going to win this game. And that was just come from, it wasn't just the Belgium game, it'd been a build-up. But then when we beat Belgium home, that was the, that was the marker that said, right, we're here. We're going to do something no one's ever done. It was an amazing, amazing feeling. And I never, of course, I never spoke to the players like that for the rest of the campaign. I never said it publicly, but in my head, I just thought, we're going to, I can't see. There's just no way there's anybody going to stop us from uh, the destination where we've all been wanting for so long. When um, Bailo scored, I mean, just after 20 minutes, do you think like everybody else, oh, Billy is not happening with 20 minutes to go because it was... It was a, an early, an earlyish goal, wasn't it? You know, it was a long, long way to go. But I mean, you know, we took it superbly. But um... well, I tell you what, I thought was because it just seemed this everything stopped. It's like, yeah. you know, Langland's headed the ball back, and as as the ball's going in the air, and he's, I'm thinking he's going to head the ball back. He hasn't seen Belo. Of course, I can see the whole picture like the rest of us. I'm thinking he hasn't seen Belo, and he's headed it. Belo's onto it immediately. And everything stopped. It was if, and I don't know whether it's because it was Baylor that the ball fell to, and you just complete at ease. You know what he's going to do. I knew what he was going to do. I thought I thought he was going to just chest it down with his that left foot wand, but it was on his right foot, and that's that's why my heart I was like, oh no, nothing. That didn't mean that bad against Baylor. <laughs> no, but you know he's got such a great left foot, and it was just with the absolute ease, you know, the ball went in the back of the net and then it was complete euphoria and pandemonium in the stadium. Do you know what? There was one or two journalists not far from from where the dugout was who added in for us a little bit. And I remember turning round and I clocked one of them I, and I swear now they were disappointed that we scored because everything they'd written, everything they'd said about us, and not that they didn't matter anyway, but I thought it was a bad night for them. But for the yeah. rest of us, for yeah. the rest of us, it was wow. It was like, here we go. I remember after the game, I felt like when I come out after I'd done the media, done everything that I needed to do, I was meeting my family outside on the way to the car. My friend's got a, a, like a place down in um, around Nagawa, Jonesy. And he said, look, after the game, Chris, you can have it for a few days, you and Charlotte. And I thought that'd be great, you know, just to get away for a few days. When we got out into the car park, it felt like, you know, when I'd been at a club or somewhere, we'd, we'd won promotion. There was just celebrations all in the car park and Welsh flags and singing. And it was as if we'd, we'd won something, if you know what I mean. As if we'd, okay. it was all, it, and it, it was just like, wow, this is incredible. This is absolutely, this feeling is absolutely incredible. And the, the dressing room after that game was, you know, there was tears and you don't see it. You see, you see tears if when you've won the league or you've won a cup or if you've been relegated you know halfway through a campaign or I think that was six games in you know there was tears uh, it meant so much to, to everybody yeah. it was uh, uh, it was uh, super amazing you, you mentioned there the, the, the anthem because funnily enough because you know it just sort of grew and grew didn't it the intensity and the passion for it I remember after the game someone like Rambo saying oh you know how the, it had influenced given them that extra because yeah. usually in uh, footballers, they're immune to that, aren't they, in a way? Because, you, you know, yeah, the atmosphere, but you're so engrossed in what's happening on the pitch. But it, it was noticeable that they were actually aware of that as, as, as well, of what was happening. Yeah, yeah. but the thing was, AG, I knew our lads were aware of it. You could not be. It gave the Belgian players a 
a punch in the belly. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. It, it was like, oh, oh, God, right. So we've got to go again. You know, they, they, this lot are not out of it because they were really putting a lot of pressure on. And normally the crowd can go quiet just the last 15 minutes. And then everybody like starts to get a bit nervous and you start playing five yards deeper. It was, and I think it was Neil Taylor. On the left-hand side, it was a big challenge. And, and, and he came out, he won it. It's a great, fantastic tackle. And, uh, he, and when he won the tackle, the noise was like we scored a goal. And that's what was happening. And then somebody crossed the ball. Ashley Williams would throw his head on it. Ben Davis would get a block from a shot. Wayne Ennis, he would save. And the, the, cel- the celebration was like we'd scored, you know. And that was, uh, that just gave all the players, all our players, a huge boost. And I know, because I watch obviously the opposition players and they were, um, the opposition players were the Belgian boys. You could see them getting lower and lower and they were thinking it's not going to be our night tonight and we can't get past this lot. And that's why when we got to the tournament, when we got to the quarters and everybody went, oh, Belgium. And the, yeah. Belgians, <laughs> the Belgian supporters were really confident. Yeah. And I remember saying, they, I, I said, the supporters may be confident. I tell you now, the Belgian players won't be happy playing us again. Because the last three games, we drew twice in their backyard and we yeah. beat them at home. Yeah. So they won't be happy with playing us. And I, knew they, and I knew they wouldn't be. But you know, going back to that night, yeah, it was uh, super, super. The support was super. And just what one thing, one final thing on that night. People talk about Gareth's goal, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. One of the unsung heroes that night was Jazz Richards, who yeah. came in and did a fantastic I, job. For well, I yeah. mean, when did you make the decision? What was the thing behind that decision that night? What I thought we had Chris Gunter playing as a third centre back, who was a full back. And Jazz Richards playing as a wing back was a full back because we knew obviously Hazard's on that side. So, really, a lot of the time we had 2v1 against Hazard. We had Gunter and, and Jazz. Jazz is really gutsy. And Jazz Richards, some players, when we call them midweek internationals, they train really well. In big games, it disappears too much for them. Some players, the bigger the game and the bigger the challenge, the better they are because they're at, at like. They're ready for it. And they like that. And that was Jazz Richards. He loved, as soon as I, I, I had absolutely no doubt about Jazz. He played brilliantly against Hazard out in Belgium. He did a great job on him because he didn't have that fear. Uh, you know, he was young, loads of energy, a good player, great personality. Uh, and on the night, he was absolutely outstanding, Jazz Richards. He really was. And Chris, Chris Gunter behind him, playing as the third centre-back, who was again outstanding. I had to have a good chat with Chris because he's a full-back. I said, look, as a third centre-back, you're going to have a lot of the ball. Um, you've been covering jazz. You're tucking around you know, when the ball's on your opposite side, which you do anyway as a fullback. And, you know, Chris being Chris, he took to it like a duck to water. And, uh, yeah, they were, they were all absolutely fantastic. But you're right, you know, we, we talk about certain players because we remember certain players. You know, Jazz Richards as well, he, he came on against Slovakia in that first game in the tournament for the last 10 or 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Because it was the last 15 minutes because we, we were holding on to the 2-1. I think that's what it was. And he was brilliant. He just did a great job on the right-hand side defensively. You know, we defended like a lion for us because he enjoyed, Jazz enjoyed the big games, you know, and he, he liked being a part of that. I think, you know, you know although, as you say, you, you didn't admit it, nobody would publicly, but it, we felt as if we were going to qualify. After the Belgium game, we went... Yeah, we went to Cyprus. Yeah. 
we went to Cyprus and that was going to be a tough, tough game, wasn't it? Because hot. of the conditions and it was very yeah. hot. Yeah, hot, hot night. Pitch was rock solid. We knew it was, we, we'd had lots of difficulties in Cyprus through, you know, through the decades. Never an easy game. We normally come away upset because we've lost, but not, not, you know, not that team and not this team and not on that occasion. And again, Jazz Richards, what a cross. Baylor's header. What a header that was last 10 minutes. Great way to win it. He was looking for King and it was cut out. Lovely ball into Richards. Richards into the penalty area. Cross into the middle. Goal for Wales! And then we come home knowing that if we win, then we're going to qualify. Because uh, three more points are going to do it. We needed three points with three games to go. And like you just, what well, you just gone through with IG, we, we come out of the blocks against Israel at home and, you know, we were bombarding and we couldn't score. Then it went a bit quiet and we ended up drawing and get drawing the game nil-nil. And when we got back to the hotel, Belgium, it was Cyprus nil, Belgium nil with about 10 minutes to go. Yeah. And with five minutes to go, I think it was Hazard scored. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if, had that been nil-nil, we qualified. Yeah, we were all watching it back in the hotel, weren't we, St. David's that, Hotel, yeah, 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 yeah. So we were all waiting and then, uh, what we like, we had, then the last, that last camp, Bosnia away, Andorra home, um, you know, I, I had no doubt we needed a point, I think it was, from the two games. We were, yeah. we were going, we were going to qualify, it was going to happen. But I, I, the Bosnia game, we played really well against Bosnia. Such a hard game to go there. It was all on. They 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 had to win Bosnia, otherwise it's all over for them. Um, it was nil nil half time, where we should have been winning. We were playing really well. I think they scored the first goal with about twenty minutes to go, um, and then they score again two nil. So we lose the game, and we, I was just gutted that we'd lost because really fancied us to go unbeaten through the campaign, and you know we we'd been so good in the games, and we were good on the night. Again, the supporters there were, were brilliant. Coming off, I can see Mark Evans. Yeah, yeah. Like Mark, Mark, Mark met me, and because Israel were playing home to Cyprus, yeah. You know, Mark's words to me he came right up to me, and he said, uh, "Israel won," and I took it. Israel won; they got three points. And I said, well, and, and then, he, like three or four seconds, he said, "Cyprus two. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and that's typical Mark Evans, isn't it? And he said, "He said, oh, we've qualified, Chris," and I said. I said, really? Seriously? He said, yeah, we've qualified. And I could see the look in his face. He wasn't joking. And then, uh, of course, the celebrations. All the players were jumping in with our fans and we were all celebrating together. And that was just, uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Chris Coleman's men have freed Welsh football from the shackles of their history. Half a century of more of heartache, of last gasp failure. Now they know. They've done it. Because you had to make sure they didn't you? Because you didn't want to start running around the pitch if we hadn't it, qualified. It wouldn't Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the fans behind. I mean, the, the thing about that is as well. You know, a lot of the fans who were there, hardcore fans who travel through thick and thin. But the scene yeah. at the end, the players, everybody, and they were throwing you up in the air. And I can remember. You know, my job is to get people to do interviews after nobody everybody just wanted to celebrate nobody wanted to do interviews no, they wanted right. to be the mates yeah. everybody wanted to be there but it was you know things like that they're priceless aren't they moments like that well you can't I remember getting into the uh, getting off the pitch I had to do a few interviews in the tunnel 
got in the dressing room, can hear all the noise. We're playing, we're playing Andorra in three days. Yeah. We've got to get back the next day. And I can see the players looking at me and I know what they're thinking. And uh, everybody's looking at me, all the staff are in there. And of course, you know, everybody's celebrating. And I think it was Rambo was looking at me and he was waiting for me to say, you know, okay, you can have a beer. And uh, so I said, all right, come on, let's go and have a beer back at the hotel. And let's celebrate back at the hotel. And uh, we got back to the hotel. If you remember, AG, we were just in that one big room by ourselves. One big room, wasn't it? About 50 of them. One big. Yeah. yeah. It was everybody, players, staff. The security guards were in there to look after us. And you, you remember as much as I do. I mean, I still got pictures and photos from, from that night where I think we were singing and laughing and drinking yeah. till about two or three in the morning, which would never, ever happen. Not when there's no. a game coming. It just wouldn't happen. But it was such a, you know, it was a unique situation for us. And uh, it was, as you well know yourself, those, I can remember every, every minute of that night like it was last night. Yeah. And the players shouting, Vaughn, 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 because they wanted Owen Vaughn to get his guitar out again. And as you say, we all, I, said to, I said to the staff who were with me, you know, the media team, you know, make the most of it. We're in a unique position here. There's about 40, 50 of us in a room here celebrating something that nobody might ever get the opportunity to do again or has done before. So make the most yeah. of this. Take it all in, you know. And I think everybody yeah. did that night, didn't they? You know, they just wanted to remember <laughs> yeah. it, you know. It was, yeah, everybody was in, um, I think we were all on the same level. All, yeah. We were all in the same bubble, all thinking the same thing. Everybody was just walking around smiling laughing and giggling and on the phone to their families and, and their friends and there was like hundreds of Welsh fans down in the reception and outside all celebrating and I remember getting into the airport in the morning to fly back and it was just absolute pandemonium it really was it was like obviously some of our a lot of our fans hadn't had any sleep <laughs> they were in a they were in a very happy mood um, <clears throat> flying back on the plane was you know, it was just everybody was completely buzzing, absolutely buzzing. And I think we went, when we got back on that Sunday, uh, we went to Bella's restaurant, Craig Bellamy's restaurant, down in the Keys there. And we just had a little glass of wine and a bite to eat. You know, it was just, it was very, very sensible. And then we went back to, well, I think we went back to the hotel. I, I trust loads of the players went back to the hotel. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, bloody, I'm not bloody sure, to be honest with you, Reggie. But I thought at the time they all come back. I'm not sure. And then we, yeah, I remember the, the game against Andorra. I was so happy for the fans. You know, those same fans who would be there to support us through the campaign got what they deserved. And the smiles, you know, you see families there, the little kids, the smiles on their faces. And their fathers who obviously followed us for decades and not had any, any joy. And that feeling, you know, when we were walking on the pitch after, the game really was irrelevant. We'd done it and we were going to beat Andorra. Walking around the pitch afterwards, watch seeing the expressions on, on families, on the faces of the families. And obviously the fathers would wills through and through and, and been, they'd seen through us, watched us thick and thin and had all the bad times. And now it was time for everybody to celebrate um, a bit of, bit of success and an achievement. And seeing the looks on everybody's faces uh, was, uh, yeah, I can see it now. Priceless, priceless. Yeah, it was. It was. It was good that we could celebrate at home that that night in a game where, as you say, yeah. we were expected to win and the pressure was off. 
be, be yeah. yourself, you know, um, won that game 2-0. And I, I, I know better than a lot of people what you'd gone through early days, etc., etc. in terms of, you know, we all remember Serbia, etc. What was going through your mind there? Was there a, a massive pride and oh, massive this, that, and the other? Was there a sense of as well, you know, I, I have proved people wrong, or was that not, not there that night? I was, because in the nature in which I got the job in the first place, because we lost speeds, I remember thinking, I remember looking at the, when I was in the middle of it, when we were losing, and I just walked in the door, and um, it was, uh, I remember thinking, I'm not sure, I don't mind taking criticism, it's fine if the team are losing or whatever, but in that situation where we'd lost speeds, and everybody was in mourning. I'd never got any, I never felt I got from, from most people who should have known better. I'm not talking about normal journalists. I'm talking about maybe people who have been in the game a long time or understand it a bit more. I didn't think I got any understanding from a lot of them where they should have been saying, hold on a minute, we've just lost someone special there and we're all feeling, feeling it. This may take a bit of time to turn it around, to settle down again. Um, and I don't think I got that type of understanding. I thought from the get-go, oh, he's lost a game. He's lost another game. You know, he's lost. They've lost the first. The first two games were home to Belgium, away to Serbia. We lost to Mexico away in a friendly, and we lost a home to to Bosnia in a friendly, um, without our strongest teams on the pitch. But I was just, he's lost again. He's lost again. He's got to go. He's this, and I thought that was a lot of people were really really quick to judge um, rather than saying you may need a campaign they may need a campaign we were still mourning we're, we're still mourning speeds now it was 10 years ago we're still mourning speeds we've been mourning him forever I just got through the door and that's not in no way an excuse for me I'd never make an excuse like that but I just felt the whole situation was I was waiting for somebody to say hold on a minute let's stand back we're all in a situation there where we, we never thought we would be. I can't say that dust, the dust will never settle in that situation. We still miss speeds to this day. Um, but let's, let's just take, it's going to take a bit of time here until we can like grasp what's happened. And then we can go and get our teeth stuck into something. But it was from the get-go. Um, I thought that was a bit unfair. But that only made me grow an extra layer of skin, if you like, and Used to, it made me laugh, you know, when then the results started to turn and people were writing things about me one minute and the next minute they got to write <laughs> something else. And that yeah. made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, honestly, like the, the most important thing to me was I didn't think, right, I showed you, I showed you. Because, you know, going in before I managed Wales, I managed four or five years in the Premier League. I managed in Spain, I managed in Greece. I pretty decent record with Fulham. I kept him in the league for four or five years. I left Real Sociedad two points off automatic promotion before I resigned. I left Larissa in Greece second in the league before I resigned. It was not like I failed everywhere. I fell on my face at Coventry. Fair enough. And I'm not going to say yeah because I never had money to spend. I lost these players. That's football. That's management. That's what happens. I just saw people judge me quickly with words. And especially when it was the first campaign where some of the results weren't, weren't good, some of the performances weren't good. Also, 
I think we beat Scotland in Scotland. It was probably the, one of the best performances I've seen from any Welsh team. We were like we were like Spain on the night. The players were brilliant. Beat Scotland two one. We should have beat them ten one. It's one or two performances that were good. It just I, it just felt like people were jumping on the bandwagon, and I thought that was a shame. So it was good. Like when and then when the second campaign went the way it did, but I never ever thought I proved you wrong or because I never really never cared that much about them anyway. It was more, it was, I was too much in the moment of watching people celebrating and thinking, look what we've all done. We've made the whole nation. There's nothing worse, by the way, than having the nation not happy with you. And I've experienced that. There's nothing better when they're all happy and proud of you and being a part of that. And that's what I focused on. That's brilliant. Just, just to bring it up to date, obviously, um, you know, I'm sure to talk about what actually happened in the Euros itself is for another time. But in terms of qualified again this time um, with uh, Ryan at the helm, Ryan Giggs, um, in terms of you've been there, you know what it takes. It's a fantastic achievement for Ryan to have uh, done what what, what he's done um, since since taking over for himself. It's amazing. And do you know what? We worked because I never kept with any of the games. I didn't want to jinx jinx it, especially when he was. And then he turned it round. They were doing well, and so we didn't come to any of the games. And the last game, when 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 we beat Hungary, was brilliant. And I was watching him, and uh, I was thinking, oh, I was I was so jealous. I was so jealous. I know was, I know what he's going to experience. I know what's coming in the tournament. I don't mean lucky because he was lucky. He worked his socks off, and he deserves it. He's done a great job. Um, I meant lucky because. I know what he's going to experience at the tournament and he's going to absolutely love it. But it's funny, really. You know, if you look now at myself and Ryan over the last 25 years, we've known each other. And that's probably about 30 or 32 trophies we've won together. (laughs) If you you put everything together. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, no, I was delighted for him. I was having a chat with him. Uh, We were out together. It It was last summer. I just come back from China. And we met up in London and had a few drinks. Um, Tony Roberts, it was Tony's birthday. And um, yeah, we were having a chat through it. And um, results were, he was, you know, there were one or two results had gone against against us. And I was just sharing my experience with him and uh, having a good chat with him. But um, he, he never changes, right? He never changes. And if anybody was going to get us there again, it was, it was definitely him. I was... I was delighted when you got the job. I thought, you know, I spoke to you and I thought, I said, you know, he's a great choice because he can handle the, the big situation. It's not a problem for him. Um, and he's done a super job. Absolutely brilliant job. Delighted for him. Well, it's been uh, great talking to you today. Um, I mean, in this time, more than any really as well, you know, reminiscing about the Euros. It was an absolutely fantastic journey. I mean, it's even... Honestly, I could sit there all night, AG, and and you you'd end up sleeping. I'll just keep talking about it. So you better, you better switch off now. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, brings back great memories on and off the pitch, the journeys around Europe and the journeys around Wales, entertaining the, yeah. the fans. But it, yeah. I mean, you know, the people will never forget that period, and of course, what was to come in in, in the summer. But I'm sure that's for another day. But uh, great to spend some time with you, here, Chris, and. Uh, Look after yourself and your family and stay safe and well.
you know, you never spell Wales with a Q, would you? But now you look at it, it's got Q and, <laughs> and Wales. <laughs> and I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. That's fine. Second chance, hits it! Goal. 2-1! What a relief! Gareth Bale again! Cottonell crosses right foot in from the left. Oh, it's gone back, everybody! And he scores! in here. Can he make it two? He Half a century of more, of heartache, of last gasp failure. Now they know they've done it. Jolham Rando, we hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Red Wolf Pod and don't forget to subscribe. This episode features Chris Coleman, presented by Ian Gwynne Hughes and produced by the FAW media team. The music used is Adwaith's Velivord as part of the FAW's collaboration with BBC Horizons, a scheme delivered by BBC Cymru Wales in partnership with Arts Council Wales to develop new, independent, contemporary music in Wales.